Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 15. As we go back to our series in 2 Samuel here. And Absalom, if you remember from a couple weeks ago, Absalom has now gone to Hebron, which is down south of Jerusalem. He manipulated his father and he went down there. He was standing, he was standing in the gates of Jerusalem and starting to steal the hearts of the people, which he had done successfully by lying to them and deceiving them about his father. And now, he, as, as was prophesied by the, the Nathan the prophet, there was going to now be a, a, a uh, the sword would not depart from David's house. There would be a rebellion. And here he, he plans to take over Jerusalem and he, he amasses a small army of people that are running with him. And the 200 soldiers that he takes down to Hebron, as we looked at a couple weeks ago, don't even know what's going on. They were, they were simple concerning all of it. And now before Absalom's return here, we're going to see David fleeing. And what he'll do, the general direction he'll take, if you have a map in your Bible, in the back of your Bible, you see Jerusalem and you see the, the uh, Sea of Galilee there and the Jordan River and what the direction David is going to take is going to be northwest towards Maanahem. And that was a cavernous region. Uh, normally you'd find that on the map of, of David's uh, monarchy, David and Solomon's monarchy. And he's going to go up north uh, across that sea-like area. You'll see a, a, a river that runs right down that, and that's the Jordan River. And he's going to go off there and, and start hiding in some mountains and some caves near Maanahem. And so as he, as he does that, that's about, if you drew a straight line, it'd be about 40 miles, but he's not going to go, he's not going to fly like a bird. He's going to have to go through Jericho and, and take that direction, that general direction. Last week, uh, a couple weeks ago there, we looked at Psalm 41 and 55, which were written during this time of Ahithophel's betrayal of David. And really, we saw how that's a for, that was a foreshadowing of the betrayal of Christ by Judas. And then we, we ended in Psalm chapter 3 and really looked at, at David's trust now being in God as he flees. His, he was so trusting of the Lord that he laid himself down and slept because he was so convinced of the sustaining hand of God. And so now we're going to take a look here in 2 Samuel chapter 15, and we'll start in verse 13 here. It says, And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not escape from Absalom. And make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us. Uh, upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth with all his household after him, and the king left ten women which were concubines to keep the house. And the king went forth, and all the people after him, and he tarried in the place that was, a far, was far off. And that was Maanahem as he was heading that direction. And all his servants passed on beside him, and all the Cherethites and all the 
Pelethites, and all the Gittites, 600 men which came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. And what we're going to see here now in the middle portion, and really the, the latter portion as well, we are going to really be given the example of three men, Etei, uh, 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 Hushai, and Zadok, uh, these three men that stuck with David and were blessed because of it. And we're going to look at the first of those tonight, Etei the Gittite. And we'll, we'll pray here and ask the Lord to work on our hearts. Lord, would you work on our hearts? Just thank you for this testimony of, of a man that was faithful to the king when he had really no reason to be faithful to, to, to the king. And Lord, just thank you that, that you give us a, just an example of your faithfulness through, through your word tonight. And pray that you'd work on our hearts. Lord, would you draw us to be faithful to you? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Really, as we're going to see here tonight in this middle portion, verses 19 through 23, we're going to see that Itai makes one of the most stunning declarations that I think the king has heard to this point. When everything has seemed lost, this man is going to remain faithful to the king. And I want us to see tonight that God's faithfulness teaches us and draws us to be faithful to him. Let's look at verse 19 here. David has already made the choice to flee to Jerusalem, flee from Jerusalem, and now we see a, a true friend's choice to remain faithful. Verse 19. Then said the king to Tei the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to thy place and abide with the king, uh, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. David tells Atei that he should not be coming with him or putting himself in danger and his own men at risk when Atei was not even an Israelite. He had Pelethites following him. He had these Cherethites following him. And he says, Atei, you're a castaway. You're a man that's not even supposed to be part of this fight. Now, when he says, and abide with the king, he meant uh, he, what David is meaning there, abide with the person that's calling himself a king. He's not calling Absalom the rightful king, but he's saying, hey, why you, you go swear allegiance. It'd be easier for you to stay out of this. Kyle and Delish, which are the, the famous Old Testament uh, translators, they, 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 they worked on the Old Testament for a long time. And they, they commentated on this and put it in their own words what this meant to, as David was saying this to a stranger and an exile. They put it this way, It is not your place to decide this context as to who ought to be king, but you may remain quiet and see whom the, whom the God of, of, of all Israel shall appoint as king. And whether it be I or Absalom, you can serve the one that God will choose." And he, they were just putting that, they weren't trying to translate that. They were just trying to put what he was saying in, in their own words. In other words, David was telling them, t- telling Itai and all of his men, he was saying, it's going to be a win-win situation for you to stay out of this. If you, if, if you just serve whoever comes out as the victor, bring gifts to them and serve them, you'll, you'll, you're going to be none the worse for wear. And Itai is coming from... From Gath, someone, someone who's supposed to be staying out of this. In David's mind, Itai, when he was saying, I'm going to be faithful with you, as we're going to see in just a moment, uh, he, it's a lose-lose situation. 
if David does prevail, Itai is risking his life, and he's probably going to lose some men in battle because of him staying with David. And if David loses, Itai, his men, if they don't get killed in battle, they will get slain by Absalom for being traitors. And here we see in, in verse 20, this again, this, this brought up by the king to him. Verse 20 says, Whereas thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Seeing I go whither I may, return thou, and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. In other words, let the Lord, let the Lord be faithful. Let the Lord have justice here. Let that reign. And you take the faithfulness of God with you. And I want you to keep this phrase in mind, mercy and truth be with thee, because both of those are going to come up twice in Psalm 57 that we study through on Sunday night. So just keep that in the back of your mind. And that, that is referring to the faithfulness of God. Take your brethren back. The Lord will be faithful to you. Mercy and truth be with thee. But while David is saying, go home, Itai chooses to do something else instead. He doubles down and gives a double oath of his loyalty. Look at verse 21. And Itai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord the king liveth, surely in what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. Not just as long as you live, as long as the Lord liveth. I'm going to stick with you to the death. There's not going to be any failing of my loyalty to the, to the rightful king of Israel. That must have been some very encouraging words for King David to hear. When everybody else is being swayed by, by the things that, that, that Absalom was saying to them in the gates, to where, where he went to Hebron and men were crying out, Absol- uh, live forever, King Absalom. All of these people are are being swayed, and David hears this man say, no. Yes, I'm an exile. Yes, I'm I'm an old Philistine prisoner of war. I I really don't have any business picking a side here. I could just as well stay out of this fight and just serve whoever. No, I'm going to stick with you, David, because I believe that God's hand is on your life. Verse 22, And David said to Itai, Go and pass over. And that, he's telling him to go pass over the Jordan River. Let's, let's get out of Jerusalem here. And Atei and get the Gittite passed over and all his men and all the little ones that were with him. He brought his whole family. He was banking on God doing a miracle. We're all getting out of here. We're all fleeing. And we're all going to go with, with David. And all the country wept with a loud voice. And all the people passed over. And the king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. This was a sad day for David and all of the people of Israel. They all wept. There was, there was a lot of crying, but there had to be some mixed emotions for David, and a mixed emotion of joy from the declaration of Itai, I will remain faithful. I will remain Uh, faithful to you. And I believe that this narrative tonight should remind us of one who remains faithful to us in 
any circumstance. Take your Bibles and go to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9 says this, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. What God is telling us there is that he is the God of, of all faithfulness, and he will keep it not, just, not even just to a thousand generations, but forever. That's what God is communicating through that. God is going to be the faithful God to, to uh, forever. And God's faithfulness in that way teaches us that, that how we need to be faithful to him, how we can be faithful to him. We can love him and keep his commandments. It's amazing how many times that comes up in Scripture when Jesus was talking with his disciples and teaching them how to be a disciple of him. He said, love me and keep my commandments. Love God and keep his commandments. God is faithful not just to have his faithfulness last forever and, and have no boundaries. He's, he's faithful in his love towards us and faithful to always forgive. First uh, John 1 9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is always faithful to forgive. God was faithful when we were not faithful, when we were enemies of God. Romans 5 8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I was talking with someone that was not from our church, um, someone who was struggling this week with trying to forgive somebody about something. And they told me, if I, if I offer forgiveness to this person who is not asking for forgiveness in return, then it cheapens my forgiveness. And I shared with them this verse. I told them, I said, if you believe that as truth, then you are not in line with, with the scripture, nor are you in line with what God says about his forgiveness and his faithfulness to us. I, I asked them, if Christ offered you forgiveness when you were an enemy of God, does that cheapen his forgiveness and death on the cross for you? And the answer is no. It only magnifies it. Christ offered you forgiveness when you weren't even asking for it. And that magnifies his love to us. So may we tonight, as we've looked at this narrative here, revel in the great faithfulness of our God.